Today's episode is brought to you by the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Jay Schiffman is a public speaker, coach, and the host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. He interviews people with lived experience on the topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. Over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined. These people are our friends, our neighbors. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurant. All these deaths are completely preventable. This is a really good podcast that I would really recommend you guys listen to. So go check out Choose Your Struggle podcast at your favorite podcatcher. Thanks again for the Choose Your Struggle podcast for sponsoring today's episode. All right, welcome everybody to this episode of the True Tech Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to Dylan about the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold, the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, his experience with the PS5 controller, and the Snapdragon 888. So, it's a pretty interesting episode. I hope you guys enjoy. So, let's get started. Hello, Dylan. Today, we are recording episode number 48, I believe, and some of the things we're going to be talking about is Dylan's perspective and what he thinks about the PlayStation DualSense controller, as well as the newly announced Qualcomm Snapdragon 888. And then we're going to also have a comparison between the 888 and A14, also the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, and finally the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold. All right, so let's just start it off with the controller. How has your experience been with your DualSense controller? So um, my DualSense controller, I like it a lot. It's amazing. Feels great in the hand. Feels just great overall. It's amazing. But recently, I've had a lot of issues um, connecting it to my PC and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think that the DualSense controller for the PS5 is uh, pretty nice. And it's kind of interesting and sort of strange how you're experiencing bugs with the pairing process. Yeah, it's odd because it has, fi- it has Bluetooth 5.1, which, is, which I find odd that I have Bluetooth problems. Was well, there any key features that you noticed that was different from this controller to any other controller? Um, on PC, the full potential of the DualSense isn't isn't there, but in in select games, you do feel like a, a haptic vibration, which is really nice. Yeah, Hap- th- I think that's like one of the key benefits of playing on a controller rather than a keyboard is really just the haptics, especially on the more advanced controllers. So what do you think about the size of the PS5 controller? Because they really bumped it up. Yeah, um, so le- last generation for like Xbox One and PS4, I'd like the Xbox so much better because of its size. Like the PlayStation, I guess it's, I guess it's more ergonomic, but 
the Xbox just feels like better in my hand, and that's why whenever whenever I went to someone's house and had a PlayStation, I just didn't want to play with it because I hated the controller. But on this, I love it. It's a lot bigger. It's more reminiscent of the Xbox, and it feels great in the hand. It's so com it's really comfortable. Um, it has a nice texture in the back. And it's just it just, it's just great to hold. But over time, your your hands get sweaty, definitely. Yeah, I gotta agree with you on that one. I really do like the layout of the Xbox controllers, but honestly, the previous generations of um, PlayStation controllers haven't been terrible. They're they're fine, but I I do like the Xbox controllers layout a lot better. Yeah, but in this generation, um, I'm actually I actually like the PlayStation Five controller a lot better than the Xbox. Yeah, so I I'm not sure about the PlayStation Five controller's price. What was the price on the PlayStation Five controller? Uh, I think it was on seventy. Oh, okay, that's not terrible. I mean, it's, consider it's ten bucks, ten bucks more than the DualShock Four. Okay, yeah, that's that's not bad at all. Com considering that the Xbox Elite controller exists, that controller is pretty expensive. So, seventy bucks is definitely not not bad at all. Yeah, I I also actually have a I have a PS3 too, which I just don't use. I stopped using that like eight years ago, but it's still here, and I still have the controller to it actually. And and I'm like holding them side. I'm holding them right now. The PS3 and the P PS5 and. The, the difference is definitely there. It's a lot of differences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I like about the DualSense, like, it doesn't apply to me right now, but um, later, I'm sure with driver updates and more support, um, I'll be able to use the microphone and speaker built into the controller. Oh, wow, yeah. That sounds very nice. And you can connect yeah. headphones to them too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also excited. It's not available yet, but I'm excited to test out the adaptive triggers. Right. So, do you like gaming on the PS5 DualSense controller more or the regular just keyboard and mouse? Uh, I mean, it depends on the game. I mean, normally I would just prefer a keyboard and mouse because you get way more way more um binds, bindings. Right. But on the PlayStation there's a, a lot of benefits too. Yeah. Like um easier easier to control. Um easier to know which buttons which. Mhm. Mm like on the keyboard if you have like a B set for like B to set for um healing and you press V, not I mean that's nothing's going to happen obviously. Yeah. But on a controller, your thumb is pretty much always touching the four main buttons. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it depends on the game. Most games, I would still prefer a keyboard, but on some games, I would prefer um, the PlayStation, mainly because of the haptics. Yeah. I I honestly prefer controller more, just because I have more experience with it. I don't really, haven't really tried out the keyboard and mouse too often, but I do like um, the controller a lot more. Okay, so let's move on to our next topic, and it's about... Qualcomm's new Snapdragon 888 and I really think that this is a leap ahead and I think it's interesting how they changed the name from 865 to 888 instead of 875 which is uh I mean I think they had some 
purpose in making it the 888? Uh, yeah, the naming scheme was a bit odd, but I mean, it's fine. It's, it's a chip. It's um, not really a big deal. Yeah. So this, they, th- what they said at their presentation was that it's aimed at always on use. So it's going to be better for uh, power efficiency when using, um, when not using too much power. So that's pretty good as well as there's a lot of boosted performance and it's now a five nanometer process, just like the A14. Yeah, just like the A14. Yeah. So they boosted the CPU performance by up to 25% and it's clocks up at two, up to 2.84 gigahertz, which is pretty fast. Yeah, um, a lot a lot faster compared to all like the budget stuff on the other phones, like the Pixel Five and the A fifty one. Yeah. So what I really like about this chip is like how what it tries to advance in, especially in five G. They added their new X sixty five G modem, which is supposed to be a lot faster and is supposed to not drop out as as easily as the X55 modem is. But honestly, I don't think the X55 modem was bad at all, but I'm not saying no to any improvements because this is still a huge improvement. So there's also better graphics performance as well. So I think it's up to 30% faster in graphics, which is really going to help with gaming and if you're doing video editing on your phone, that'll be nice as well. Just like daily tasks would just be a lot faster due to that um, improved graphics performance. Yeah, one place I would I can definitely see um, a big improvement is the probably if they support it, um, the S twenty one series and the Note twenty one series because with their recent collaboration with Microsoft and the Xbox Game Pass, Samsungs are turning into really great um, gaming phones. With, yeah. Uh, with um, all the Xbox games, like all the high quality games, like mm-hmm. the big games like Forza and Halo, requires a lot of um, like juice, and and it's 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 hard for all those games to look good on a, on a on like a six and a half inch screen, and the A15 with all this, all its improvements and how and how it'll be better for smartphone gaming, it'll 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 just make it the whole experience a lot better, and maybe mobile gaming can actually become like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Snapdragon 888 is really just going to help with this performance and is going to make gaming just more enjoyable. And also... Yeah, especially, especially on the go. Yeah, yeah. With 5G improved graphics and CPU, it's going to be an amazing experience. Yeah, I think the, I think the new Samsung phones are going to are gonna have drastic um, uh, speed improvements because of it. Maybe yeah. comparable to... Probably like the 813. I don't think the A14. Yeah. So something else they targeted at the event was the camera performance. So Qualcomm said that they're going to be able to um, record up to 4K, three streams of 4K at once, which is a pretty big deal because you could record really high exposure, really low exposure, and medium exposure, combine it all together, and you have this really well-balanced look for a video, which is going to be huge. And also, they said that you can um, take a picture, three 28 megapixel shots at once, or 
you can take up to a 200 megapixel photo capture, which is really impressive since we know that phones are going to just keep getting bigger with the megapixels. And, you know, this just is going to allow support for that. Yeah. Um, um, back, um, back to what you said about the 4K streaming. Um, it's like, just like, again, with, with Samsung's, with the beautiful displays, it, it'll just be even better with the new chip. So before we're just talking about speeds and how 5G is improved, Wi-Fi is improved as well. And it now supports the fastest Wi-Fi 6 speeds and the new 6 gigahertz capability, which I'm pretty excited for since um, back then smartphones didn't have the greatest connection to Wi-Fi, but now this is just going to help improve the signal and it's going to have Wi-Fi 6E with the Fast Connect 6900 mobile connectivity system. And they also improved the AI and the neural processing unit. It's up to three times faster and three times performance per watt improvement over the previous generation Snapdragon, which is crazy numbers. Yeah, um, I don't really know much about the Snapdragon 888, so a lot of what you're saying, I'm just listening. Just Yeah, so the GPU that performed 35% faster before what I said is the Qualcomm's new Adreno 660 GPU, which is just going to help a lot. And I think this is a pretty, pretty huge upgrade for... Um, processors and it's kind of exciting to see what this processor can do since this is going to be running in all the latest flagships in 2021 for android phones which is really exciting yeah um i can't wait to see how oneplus and samsung integrate it in their phones yeah and this just really gives us a look at what smartphones can be doing especially in 2021 i think it's going to be really exciting and they, I forgot to mention, they do add support for Bluetooth 5.2. So instead of connecting one earbud and then that one earbud transfers to the other earbud, now the Snapdragon 888 can connect to two earbuds at a time simultaneously instead of connecting to one earbud, then bouncing it off to the other, which is also really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so just all these improvements are really exciting. Yeah, um... Like I said earlier, it'll just be better for all these companies like Google, Samsung, OnePlus, because of all their buds now. Like Samsung has the buds live, OnePlus has the OnePlus buds, Google has the Pixel buds. Yeah, you're right. And so that was basically all the specs for this processor, but I think it would be interesting to compare Qualcomm's Snapdragon 888 and Apple's A14 Bionic. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be an interesting go. All right, so let's just get into it. And like I said, they're both five nanometer processors, so it'll just be a lot more efficient. And Apple's processor for a CPU can get up to 3.09 gigahertz, which is uh, pretty fast. And compared to the Snapdragon 888, it can get up to 2.84 gigahertz, which is uh, pretty fast as well. So. For benchmarks and just how the benchmarks were for testing both of these processors, for the Geekbench, Snapdragon 888 was 
twelve twenty six for single core, and for multi core it was thirty seven thirty nine, which is a pretty big improvement over last year. Um, and the A fourteen Bionic is sixteen fifty eight for the single core, and multi core is forty six twelve, which is faster in both single core and multi core. But I think Qualcomm is starting to catch up with their processors because Apple really had a more noticeable performance when it comes to just everyday tasks. But now I think Qualcomm is actually pretty close to where Apple is um, right now by a decent amount. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you looked at the same scores like two years ago, you would see a, a lot of difference. Yeah. So RAM support. This is something that Android manufacturers were kind of focusing on and where it's a pretty big deal for, you know, like Samsung OnePlus. So now the RAM support is able to go up to 20 gigabytes of RAM, which is really impressive for a smartphone. Um, but that's pretty nice to get up to 20 gigabytes. And, yeah, you know, we, yeah. we don't know too much about Apple's A14 Bionic, but it does have LPDDR5X. And Snapdragon 888 is LPDDR5, which I'm not really sure what the big difference is between them, but I think they're around the same. Yeah, um, about the RAM management, I think I think it'd be pretty funny, um, like in the coming years, to see um, like Apple with like six, eight gigabytes of RAM, and like Samsung and OnePlus with like twenty North gigs of RAM. Yeah. Okay, so. For some video capture, the Snapdragon 888 can capture Dolby Vision if the Android manufacturers do take advantage of it. But so there's Dolby Vision, HDR10, HDR10 Plus, HEVC at 720p, 96, 960 frames per second for the um, really slow slow mo, um, up to 4K 60 FPS HDR, and 8K at 30 frames per second. So those are just the um, the the maximum that the Snapdragon 888 can capture at. And for Apple's A14 Bionic, it can capture up to 8K H HDR at 60 frames per second, just if Apple takes advantage of it. But they just haven't done so yet. Yeah. Um, up to 4K HDR 60 frames per second or 109. 129 frames per second and 1080p at 240 frames per second or 480 frames per second. So we just haven't seen too many features that Apple has put into um, their smartphones, but this is just what they're capable of. Yeah, um, probably like one of the final changes that we haven't talked about yet is the AI performance in the quality, right, quality yeah. in the Snapdragon 8 and 8. Um, because Qualcomm has the new Hexagon 780 processor, um, oh, yeah, yeah. it features more advanced AI with the sixth generation AI engine. Mm -hmm. um, and, Qual and Qualcomm says that it'll that'll improve everything from computational photography to g to gaming to voice assistant performance, which um, Google Assistant will take like a big leap forward because of that. I think. Right. Um, yeah. And because of because of this new because of this new engine, the eight eight the eight eighty eight can perform twenty six trillion operations per second, and 
compared compared to fifteen fifteen trillion on the eight on the Snapdragon eight sixty five. Um yeah, and the eight 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 AI engine delivers three times better power efficiency and right. Qualcomm says that big improvements in both scale scalar and and tensor AI tasks uh, will be a part of those upgrades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for Apple's side, I'm not really sure what the numbers were for their neural processing, but they do have an octa-core neural engine, which is pretty fast for Apple Apple standards. And, you know, just iOS and Android are different platforms, so you can't really compare what the two are, especially because usually iOS is more efficient. Yeah, we should also talk about um, the sensing hub in the 888. Um this, this, I mean, compared to last gen, the this new sensing hub will, um, will be able to make the phone running the chip rely less on the hexagon processor for a lot of tasks, which can save the hexagon processor from, I don't know if chips overheat, but if they do from overheating and like slowing down the phone and all that s- stuff. Right. Yeah. So both of these chips are five G ready as well as Wi-Fi 6 ready. And the iPhone A14 Bionic has the X55 modem compared to the Snapdragon 888's um, X60 modem, which is a big improvement. Yeah, yeah. And Apple has their 5.1 Bluetooth in their A14 compared to the 5.2. And, you know, just... These small things can make a little difference. For example, when you're uh, listening to music on your earbuds or headphones, it's just going to be a farther connection that you can have it at, as well as just better sound quality in their Bluetooth 5.2. Yeah. Um, let's. Um, we should probably move on to the OnePlus Nord N10. Yeah. So... I haven't got a chance to talk about the Nord N10 5G, but I think it came out around November 21st. Yeah, so November 21st, 2020. And so it's been out since then, but uh, this phone is pretty interesting at such a affordable price. Yeah, um, it's kind of odd <laughs> considering the price. Yeah. Nine, 90 hertz refresh rate, 20 by 9 aspect ratio, 6.5 inch um, size, um, F, FHD plus display. Mm-hmm. Um, still a better pixel density than the iPhone. Yeah. Yep. Um, but um, but where did but where did you get used the Gorilla Glass when the Gorilla when in Corning Gorilla Glass three. Mm-hmm. And. Um, all the stuff on the guts in the phone, um, Qualcomm 690, one of the budget chips, which, yeah, I mean, I guess it's good, but, um, eight nanometers. If, you com- if you compare it to the 888, it's, um, pretty crappy. Yeah. A lot um, slower. It's like one of their budget chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it, it's still 5G compatible with the, with the Snapdragon 690 5G platform. Right. Has yeah. the, has the Adreno 619L. 619 mm-hmm. 6 gigabytes of LPDDR4X RAM, mm-hmm. 128 gigs of storage, which I'm surprised by the price. Yeah, that's pretty pretty nice. Even the, the iPhone, the budget 
the mid-range iPhones, iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 don't even come at a base storage of 128, which is disappointing. Yeah, um, another thing about iPhones to hate on them even more is no expandable memory, which uh, N10 has. Right. Um, it has a fingerprint in the back, which is basically like the dual pixel. Face mm-hmm. unlock. I wouldn't trust it, though. It's a single hole punch camera. It's nothing like um, the Pixel 4 and the iPhones. Yeah. Uh, 4300 milliamp battery and warp charge 30T fast charging. Which is really cool. I don't think it's wireless charging though. I, I gotta double. I gotta confirm that, but I don't think it is. Um, all the camera stuff, macro lens. I don't know why they have a macro lens. I don't know why. I think it's just to make it seem more appealing to the people trying to buy a budget phone. Like, oh, we got a quad camera setup. More advertising. Yeah. And why is there a monochrome lens? <laughs> yeah. Uh, OnePlus with their monochrome lens. Um, yeah, it's strange. 64 megapixel rear camera. It has EIS and a 1.79, F1.79 aperture. And their ultra wide angle lens, which I, I think this is definitely the way to go with, um, camera systems. Pixel 5, iPhone, Samsung, right. pretty mm-hmm. much every company. Especially, even on the N10, which is supposed to be budget. Ultra wide angle, um, 8 megapixels, F2.25 aperture, and a 119 degree field of view. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, um, it's a 2 megapixel macro lens with an f2.4 aperture and a 2 megapixel monochrome lens with an f2.4 aperture again. It has an an LED flash and it has autofocus, but only in the main camera. Really impressive, but compared to the OnePlus Nord, the one that was released earlier this year, there is some key differences between them. So the OnePlus Nord has an AMOLED display, which um, for my preference is better than the Nord N10 5G, which has a IPS LCD display, but they're both 90 Hertz, which is really nice. And uh, this phone is at a size of 6.49 inches, which is around the size of the OnePlus Nord. And yeah, basically all you said was just all the specs, and it's really interesting how OnePlus could put all of this in, at such an affordable price. But I think that instead of putting these monochrome lenses or macro lenses, they could have just put in a telephoto a lens, which would just be a lot better and more useful to more people. Uh, so for video for the Antenna 5G, um, OnePlus, <laughs> uh, it has 4K video at 30 FPS, which is still surprising considering the price. It's not 60, but, I mean, you gotta understand how much it costs. 1080p video at 3060, you get super slow-mo, um, 1080p video at 120 frames, 720p video at 240 frames, which I think would be better. Um, you can you can get thirty you can get thirty frames per second, ten eighty p time lapse, or you can get a four k thirty frames, which I don't know why you wouldn't choose four k, and you have a good video editor in the phone. <clears throat> um, yeah. Some features in the camera um, are an ultra shot HDR, a nightscape, macro, portrait, pro mode, panorama, AI scene detection, and raw image. And um, I don't know how to say this: C I N E aspect ratio video recording. <laughs> but um, switching to the front camera. Um, we have a um, 16 megapixel front camera. It has EIS and it has an f point f 2.05 aperture. 
The front camera can record a 1080p video at 30, 30 or 60 FPS, and you can do a time lapse, which is pretty cool. I I think you should be able to do slow mo, like the slow fees on iPhone, but it's fine. I mean, I'm, I don't think everyone's gonna use it. <clears throat> um, the camera can do face unlock front camera. Camera can do f f face unlock. Um, a um, both cameras can do HDR, screen flash, and face retouching. Which, yeah, I heard that's a big thing in China. Yeah. So, um. For the sensors on the N10, there's a rear-mounted fingerprint sensor, like I said earlier. Same thing as Pixel 10, um, Pixel 4a. Oh, my bad. Pixel 5, not Pixel 10. <laughs> um, it has an accelerometer, an electric, electronic comp compass, a gyroscope, an ambient light sensor, a proximity sensor, and an SAR sensor. On the outside of the phone, not the guts, uh, we have a USB Type-C for fast data transfer and charging. 3.5mm headphone jack. Um, I mean... I guess it's cool that's still there, but it's now it's, that's 2020, and the majority of phones don't have headphone jacks. I think headphone jacks are, is pretty much obsolete now with the world of Bluetooth earbuds. Yeah. They don't even have to be expensive, like AirPods and that stuff. They can be like 20 bucks. Anyways, there's a three, there's a three choose two um hybrid SIM slot. Um, it, it, it's a nano SIM and an and an um a micro SD. Um, it has a volume key and a power key, obviously. Um, audio is a dual stereo speakers. It also has noise cancellation support. Um, and when you buy it, the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, um, in the box with the phone, obviously. The warp charge adapter, the Type-C warp cable, the quick start guide, the safety information, and the SIM tray ejector. And that's the OnePlus Nord N10 5G. Yeah. And it comes in one color, Midnight Ice. Yep. I think uh, what you said was basically just sums the uh, OnePlus Nord N10 5G. But the main points about this phone is that its budget it has nice display, decent cameras, and decent performance. But yeah, other than that, it's you know what you would expect from a smartphone. Okay, so let's move on to the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold that's just been buzzing around in tech world recently because, you know, Marquez Brownlee put out a video about it, Mr. Mobile put out a video on it, and it's just really interesting since first we saw the Galaxy Fold, the first one, and it was pretty interesting, a foldable phone that turned into a tablet. Then we started seeing clamshell phones like the Motorola Razr or the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. Which, can't, forget, can't forget the Escobar Fold. Yeah, yeah, those two. And after that, we saw the next version of the Z Fold, I mean of the Galaxy Fold, which is the Galaxy Z Fold 2, which made some really big improvements over the Galaxy Fold. Yeah, yeah. Samsung could have really um, upped their naming scheme. They could have just called it the Fold 2. That's it. Right. And finally, we're seeing the foldable computer that really just brings interesting specs and performance and a pretty big display for just all foldable devices. And what's different about this than some of the other foldables out there is the performance and also the crease, since this computer doesn't have as noticeable of a crease than some of the other foldable devices out there. 
Um, I will actually won't be surprised in the future of Microsoft and instead because they released their Surface Duo, which has um iPad looking bezels, which is weird to look at in twenty twenty. Right. Like um, if it's if it's more than a thousand, if it's like a thousand bucks or more, it shouldn't have any bezels. Yeah iPhone SE has bezels, but that makes sense because it's like 400 bucks. Okay, so some other things about this X1 Fold that you should know is just how it works as a computer um, as a whole. So how much do you know about this X1 uh, ThinkPad X1 Fold? I mean, I mean, I know a little bit, but I'm like not a, you know... Um, no, no at all. I don't know everything about it, but um, I I like the fact that it has like twice the screen. It's like it's like um those LG phones. I forgot what it's called. The it's like an V series phone that has an additional case that has another screen that has a weird notch. It has no purpose, but it's there. Odd. And um, it's like it's also in a way like an like the LG Wing, because it again has a second screen. Yeah. All the other phones, Surface, Surface, Surface Duo, Galaxy Fold, Z Flip, Razer, all, all that fun stuff. Um, but inside the um, Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold, it's a long name. <laughs> um, there's an Intel Core i5 processors with hybrid technology that will in turn give you really good, like like stunning visuals. Um, and yeah, comes with a keyboard accessory where you can slap on this on one half of the screen and you have a laptop. It's really cool. Yeah. And which, what I also found cool was that uh, you could fold it with the keyboard inside, which just makes the whole oh, thing really? a lot more uh, portable. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really like. And it wirelessly charges the keyboard while being placed inside while you're using it. And you can also just take it out and use it as a traditional Bluetooth keyboard plus trackpad. So basically just a whole tablet on the front is a, is a frame and a back cover, which provides and a, which provides the casing that will protect when the that will protect the X1 fold when it stands up to all the drops, water damage, dust stuff that you um, do that that everybody does when they're clumsy. There's, I mean, there's I guess like thick bezels, but not really. It's like a little bit thicker than iPad bezels. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's not a big deal, but um, there's a there's a motherboard which you can actually customize. It fits it fits into space constraints and delivers, uh, like a decent amount of performance. Like, not not Snapdragon level, probably like a little less, but um, still provides a lot of performance. Um, uh, there's a heat. There's a there's three heat spreaders which should be heat generated from the internal components to create an ideal temperature throughout the X1 fold, so it doesn't overheat in one area. Um, so, um, um, Lenovo showcases their first, their first ever folding OLED display with, with a wide color range, high, high contrast brightness and a low power consumption. It's 13.3 inches. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's like a MacBook. Pretty big. A little bit bigger than a little, little bit bigger than an iPad. It's it's good for a laptop. Mm -hmm. That keyboard's going to look great. Um, and there's also a leather folio, um, that provides a stylish and look to the design element, which is folding of course and and um it provides a stand which you can choose to use and it'll stand the x1 fold up which again will be great with the keyboard accessory because it's a laptop yep and i also really like how there's stylus support on 
this computer as well, which is really nice. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, they kind of stole it from Minecraft, um, Minecraft. <laughs> Microsoft, I'm being honest. Yeah. So basically, all these specs that you said, and you know what I said, comes at a pretty huge price tag, at a price of around two thousand and five hundred dollars. And with that amount of money, you could just buy one of the best performing laptops or a decent desktop. Which I'm not really sure if you would want to invest this much into a folding、uh, laptop. I mean that that's the chance you take.、Um, and the scary part is、um, it just starts at that. X one fold starts at twenty four hundred. There's another one that starts at twenty twenty seven forty nine, twenty eight hundred, twenty nine hundred, and it can go all the way up to thirty one hundred. Yeah, that's a pretty huge price tag.、Um, I don't、yeah. know, especially during times like this. I don't know if we would want to spend that kind of money on. A laptop that just folds and. Um, but um, the graphics on the on the Lenovo X1 Fold, um, is it has an integrated Intel UHD graphics, um, it has a 256 gigs PSLE SSD, it get eight gigs of memory, L it has L LPDDR4X just like the OnePlus N OnePlus N10, um. Yeah, of thirteen point three inch QX GA foldable two K fifteen fifteen thirty six by twenty forty eight OLED touch screen and um it has a one year one year warranty um the the camera on it is an IR and five megapixel HD I mean it's a laptop you can't really expect really good cameras yeah um it has an Intel Wi Fi six AX two hundred eight oh two point eleven AX two by two and it also supports Bluetooth five point one like the PS five controller. It comes. Um, it doesn't come with a pen and keyboard. You have to buy it separately, which is more money. So you're gonna you're gonna end, you're gonna end up paying like twenty six hundred, twenty seven hundred, regardless of what you. Yeah. I think just the price is the biggest downside for this pro product. Comes with Windows ten Home sixty four. Um. Yeah. A little bit more detail on that processor. It's an Intel Intel Core i five. L one L one six G seven processor, um one one point forty gigahertz, and it can go up to three point three point oh my bad three three gigahertz with two with turbo boost five cores five threads and a four and four megabyte cache with Intel hybrid technology. Yeah, and also this device comes with optional five G, which if you're on the go and you need fast speeds, it would be nice to have this five G option. Yeah. Yeah, I think that basically just wraps up what the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold is really about, and I think it's just a a little experiment for Lenovo on foldable laptops, which I think is not not too bad, especially for that it's first gen. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's surprising. It's it's only like it's only two point two pounds. I mean, that might seem like a lot, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for computer. Especially for a foldable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I would I would go into the crease, but I think we don't. I don't think we have enough time for that. Yeah, I mean, all they really need to know about the crease is that it's just really it's not noticeable at all. Um, but if you look at certain angles, you could barely notice it, but you could see it a little bit. But 
compared to other foldables, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. All right. I think that really wraps it up for this episode. Um, just thanks for coming and uh talking with me about these tech products, tech news. It's just really been exciting, an exciting year for the tech world. Yeah. Um, I love being here. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really enjoyable having someone to talk tech too. Yeah. Um, I like being here. I like to have a talk about. Really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, ne- next episode, we'll talk about more stuff because 2020 is a tech-filled year. Yep. And with 2021 coming, there's just going to be so much more tech to expect. All right. Thanks for joining us on today's episode, Dylan. I hope that uh, I could see you soon in another episode. Um, well, that's basically it. Thanks. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye.